Well, praise the Lord. Once again, Pastor Jerry, bringing you the Word of God. Well, we're always honored and grateful that you're with us. Praise God. Connecting with us, whether it be by video or audio, however it is, we just give God all the praise that you're connecting with us. Amen. Let's jump right back in to Joshua 1. Amen. Joshua 1. Today we're going to talk some more about our promised land or receiving our promised land, but we're going to kind of shift it up a little bit today. And uh, I'm going to actually talk about hindrances, things that hinder us entering into our promised land or what becomes what I'd like to maybe call them roadblocks, so to speak. And of course, this will make more sense as we get further into this. But again, verse 1 of chapter 1, please, of Joshua says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over to this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am given to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. Verse 5, No, uh, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong. Here we go, saying it again. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. In other words, the desired effects, praise God. Verse 9, which is kind of a key verse today. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Praise God. Now, of course, uh, we have been talking about keys to receiving or taking hold or possessing our promised land. Amen. We see, uh, at least uh, what we've done with this text, is we've taken a, a key out of every verse, okay, all first eight verses. We had eight different keys to, to look at, and we might touch on those here in just a second as we get into this, but uh, what we've been talking about is possessing our promised land. Now, we all have a promised land. A lot of times it gets mentioned that the promised land is like a type or a shadow of heaven itself, but which it is not. Because you have you have enemies there. You have, if you're going to possess your land, there's you have warfare. You've got uh, you, you got battles. You got uh, a fight on your hands, so to speak, because you have enemies. Well, you're not going to have any enemies in heaven. So what it refers to, it's a type and shadow of a blessed life. Amen. The psalmist refers to it as a blessed life. Uh, Jesus referred to it as the abundant life. Paul referred to it as the life of God. Amen. Uh, in fact, again, Paul kind of talked about it being that, uh, that quality of life that you're called to lay hold of, praise God, when he wrote a letter to Timothy. And uh, so anyway, uh, we're talking about a life that you're called to, a promised land. Now, according to 2 Corinthians 1 and 20, we'll go through these again real quick. It says this, 1 and 20, it says that all the promises of God in Him are yes and in Him, amen, praise God. Now, the word promise itself means an expressed assurance. In other words, something that was expressed or spoken or recorded down, amen, an expressed assurance on which expectation is to be based. In other words, your expectation, 
my expectation, our anticipation, or even our hope could be a word that fits in that, praise God. Amen. So all the promises of God in Him are yes, never know, they're yes, amen, and amen, which means so be it, praise God. Now, the Scripture says in Hebrews in 8 and verse 6, it just says this, it says that, that Jesus is the mediator of a better covenant. Now, you say, listen now, so Jesus is the, the go-between, the mediator uh, of a better covenant established on, it says, better promises, okay, that same word again. But now it's talking about that this covenant, all right? Now what you have here again, we'll kind of real briefly look at this. We have the old covenant, new covenant. Now the word covenant itself means a will or a testament, uh, but it means a contract. Uh, it means that which has been uh, recorded or things that have been recorded containing promises and agreements that have been made, okay? And that's what you have in here. You have the old covenant or testament, the New Covenant or Testament, or sometimes referred to as the will and testament of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's referring to a uh, contract, so to speak, a covenant that's been recorded that is filled with agreements and promises that have been made. So within this, you have promises. Now, praise God that in the Word we have all kinds of uh, history, all kinds of great principles, all kinds of uh, insight about our God and our Lord, all kinds of uh, great uh, insight about how to walk, how to live, praise God, all kinds of great things in there. But within that weaved and threaded throughout the whole Old Covenant and New Covenant, we have promises. Some have said anywhere between seven and 10,000 promises in the Word, praise God, that cover every area of our life, praise God. So what we've been doing is talking about these promise, or you know how to possess those promises. In fact, again in the book of Hebrews, in chapter six this time, in verse twelve, it says, "Through faith and patience you inherit those promises." So you know that through you believing, you releasing faith, you reaching uh, by believing in, having confidence in, praise God through faith, and then patience or endurance or constancy literally means to be consistently constant. So in other words, through your believing and you staying constant with that, praise God, you inherit these promises. Later on in chapter 10 of Hebrews, it brings this in verse 36, that you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. So there he's saying that same word about endurance or consistency or constancy. It comes out of that same root word as the word patience there. But it talks about doing what's necessary. Walk out the will of God. You do the will of God and you'll receive those uh, promises. Amen. So the reason I mention those is because you go back to Joshua and he, he lays it out with Joshua. Listen, if you're going to possess your promised land here, there's some keys in this. And so that's why we spend a little time in Joshua 1 here. But today, we're not just going to talk about the keys to receive, and we're going to talk about now some hindrances, things that hinder us, maybe we could say even roadblocks, amen, to us entering into our promised land. In other words, the Scripture has several things to talk about that become hindrances. But today we're going to take our first one, out of the uh, first uh, book, of, or probably the first chapter of Joshua here. So let's uh, go back to Joshua 1, and again, let's go to verse 9 again. Amen. Verse 9, let me get my notes here. Verse 9, it just says this again, Have I not commanded you? Now remember, he's talking to Joshua. Have I not commanded you? Now he says this, Be strong and of good courage. Now if you remember... I mean, just in this course of nine verses, 
Three times he tells him to be strong and have good courage. Amen. All right, so there's a need for it. But he makes it real clear, verse 9, have I not commanded you, all right, to be strong and of good courage? But he says this, do not be afraid nor be dismayed. Now, why do we say that? Well, the opportunity is there to be afraid or to be dismayed. Do not be afraid or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, the reason he's talking to Joshua, he's making it clear, I'm talking to you, Joshua. So he's letting it be known, listen, if you allow these kind of things in, you're not going to fulfill what you need to fulfill. It's going to be a roadblock to you. All right, now listen, let's define this, all right? So let's define what it means when he said, do not be afraid. Let's look at this. The word here, afraid, means to dread or be terrified, okay? It means literally to be harassed or oppressed by fear. That's our key here today, all right? Uh, to be harassed or oppressed by fear. If you look up the word dismayed, where he says not to be uh, dismayed, okay, it, that literally means to be, uh, to be, or pardon me, to break down or to be beat down uh, and discouraged. Let me say it again. To break down or to be beat down and discouraged by fear. Again, it mentions fear, okay? So anytime we're seeing this, do not be afraid or be dismayed, he's talking about not allowing fear. You don't let fear in, okay? Fear can be a major problem uh, in, our, in our walk in God. And so if you're going to possess your promised land, you're not going to be able to walk in fear. You start walking in fear, you're going to limit yourself. Are you hearing me today? Now, every assignment and every promise that comes from God. In fact, we brought this out with a couple of our principles here. We have to understand that there's always going to be demonic pressure that comes against you. Okay, God might be leading you to do something. He might be, uh, you know, revealing something for you or a promise for you or maybe bringing one of those promises to light in your life and you're, you're going to begin to press in and grab hold of that promise. You have to understand it's not going to be without a fight. Of course, we've made that clear on a couple of these uh, principles, but the idea is this, you got to be, you got to understand that one of the tactics of the enemy is a thing called fear, all right? Bringing some kind of fear, all right, towards you. Uh, fear paralyzes your potential. Hang on now. Fear, what, disrupts our progress? We find that through the scriptures. Fear hinders our faith. We find that out. That's a major uh, thing that wars against your faith, all right? In fact, one of the statements that was made years ago, uh, kind, of a, a, kind of a little quick statement, but it says this, that fear tolerated is faith contaminated. That anytime you tolerate fear in your life, you automatically hinder or contaminate your faith. You taint your faith. So if you're going to be, you know, the word says through your faith and patience, you inherit those promises. Well, if you're going to let fear in, then you're not going to be so much walking in faith, okay? Because they war or they oppose each other. So fear is going to be the roadblock that we talk about today. And I'm, you know, like I said, I'm going to come out of Joshua 1 here and just take a look at it because obviously he tells all these principles, amen, what's going to take for you to possess this land. And then he says, now listen, you're not going to, you can't allow fear. You can't be uh, afraid and you can't be dismayed. You can't be discouraged. You can't allow this in. You let this in, it's going to mess the whole process up. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to go back to verse 1 again. I've never done this before in, in, in the area of talking about fear, but I want to show you where the potential is of fear coming in on the principles that we learned about earlier, okay, in the last few weeks. So we're going to look at, since he was talking to Joshua, let's take this and look at this in the area of how 
uh, fear can slither in there and become a, a problem or a roadblock in the area of us uh, taking or possessing our promised land. So back to verse 1, please. All right, back to verse 1. Hallelujah. So let's see. Let's shift here. Verse 1 says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass, the, the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Okay, of course, we remember uh, the principle there uh, when we were going through this was stay attentive because God's always trying to communicate with us. Verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am given to them, the children of Israel. Now, of course, the uh, the two principles on this was be attentive and also you got to be pliable because you got to be ready for change. You got to be ready for God to lead you, give you direction. If you're ever going to possess anything, all right, you got to be willing, amen, to make adjustments and changes along the way. That's why I said now, in other words, everything's different. So now let's take a look at that in the area where, where fear could grip us or fear could slither in here or, you know, whatever and, and mess up our day, all right? So first off, he says, Moses is gone. In other words, the one you've leaned on, and have trusted in, the one you've looked up to uh, these last 40 years, all right, is, is now gone, all right? He's, he's gone, now you're taking, you're taking over here, all right? You're the one that's going to take over. Another thing to keep in mind, okay, is he not only, you know, we've got to remember now, this is 40 years of being in the wilderness because of poor decisions, poor, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, the, the children of Israel made a lot of dumb choices and poor decisions, okay, that, uh, that caused them to just roam in a wilderness for 40 years. It was never God's intention for them to be in the wilderness that long. He called them out to the, to the Mount of God to worship Him, the Scripture says. He called them unto Himself for a time of worship, but then it made it real clear that to the edge to where they could look over into that promised land from where the mount where they were worshiping was only an 11-day journey. Remember this, we're not talking about vehicles, we're talking about on foot, 11 days. So we're not talking about a long, long distance, but we're talking 11 days. We're not talking 40 years. They turned that 11 days into 40 years based on some decisions. Now, the point I'm trying to make here is there's a lot of opportunity here for the enemy to slide in here and create some fear, okay? And the first fear I want to talk about is really the fear of the unknown, okay? The fear of the unknown. In fact, a statement the Spirit of God gave me the other day, he said that an adverse yesterday can create a timid today about an unknown tomorrow. All right, now get a hold of this. An adverse yesterday, in other words, all the stuff they've been through, could create some timidity, which is a form of fear, okay? Can create a timid today about an unknown tomorrow. So in other words, the fear that could creep in here and this is what he's saying to Joshua. Listen, you cannot be afraid or be dismayed. He gave him a whole list of things. And we're talking about probably, you know, if you read through this, which we did, you know, just a few minutes ago and probably read it, what, in a matter of, you know, maybe a couple minutes. And so he gave all of this to Joshua. And they said, now, listen, you can imagine the emotional, uh, you know, all the thoughts running through Joshua's head, Okay. And now I believe with all my heart, Joshua's a warrior through and through. He was ready to take the promised land. I don't believe that he sat back and, you know, you know, got all, you know, worked up in fear and all that. I don't think, I think God was just giving him a warning. Don't let fear in. So what we're talking about today is maybe the, the areas where fear could slide in. Okay, I'm not necessarily saying that, that, that he was under fear, but I'm telling you that the, the potential to be in fear was there. That's why God addressed it to him, all right? You cannot let fear in. 
So that's what we're looking at. We're looking at in the light of, you know, in our own lives, things that are going on. You know, we're, trying, we're called to move forward in God. We're called to be okay with, with making transition and change and move forward. But you know as well as I do, the opportunity for fear to grip your heart is there. All right, because, you know, what's going to happen tomorrow? What if I make this change? What if I quit here and to, to do this? What's going what's to become of me and my family? What's going to happen here if I change jobs, you know, because I feel like I'm supposed to change? What if, what, what's going to happen? See, there's all the kind of stuff. And see, one of the things that happens is, depending on what's happening yesterday, yesteryear, yesterdecade, may determine how you, you know, as far as that, that door being open for timidity or fear to, to grip your heart, okay, will, might determine whether or not you're going to move forward because you may be nervous about what's going to happen tomorrow. Now, a good example for that is a reference out of 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, of course, a common text, but this is Paul talking to Timothy. He said, God has not given you a spirit of fear. In fact, some translations even say the spirit of timidity, okay, uh, which just means to be sheepish or, or to lack some courage to, to, for the task ahead. That's all it's referring to. So that's, that's why we're talking about the first one here is the fear of the unknown, okay? We, we, we're not sure what's going to happen tomorrow. See, he was talking to Timothy, and he said, Timothy, I know there's a lot going on. In fact, Timothy at that time at the time of the writing from Paul, he had one of the greatest churches of that, of that day, of that era. Uh, you know, he had a huge church, uh, uh, explosive church, a lot of signs, wonders, miracles, all kinds of great things going on. But all of a sudden, uh, the, the, the enemy created a bunch of warfare, okay? We got people that are warring against them. Some of, their, some of their leaders have even lost their life for the gospel, all right? So all this now is hitting uh, Timothy about, you know, what's going on, about what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, some of my people, you know, we had a great thing going, but all of a sudden we were losing lives. we got people that are being threatened. we got all this going on, so it creates this timidity about what's going to happen tomorrow, all right? And, and it's, it's there, okay? And so he says, you know, you, right now God's not giving you that spirit of fear, all right? But what he's giving you is he's giving you power and love and a sound mind, praise God. In fact, if you think about that, uh, power, love, and a sound mind. What that refers to, power is the word dunamis, okay? Which, but he's talking about a strength of might to overcome whatever it is you're facing. God's given you power. He's given you love, his love. In other words, he's saying that he's given you literally a strength of confidence about the fact that God's not going to turn his back on you or leave you or forsake you. So not only a strength of, of might, but a strength of confidence and a sound mind which is uh, really a strength of mind, amen, that you can endure any kind of mental attack or mental pressure that you're facing. Now, that's just a real quick, you know, on, those, on that verse there. But the bottom line is, okay, he's telling uh, Joshua, all right, listen, this is what you're called to do. Now, you can't allow fear in here. You can't allow, uh, you know, any kind of uh, dismay or discouragement hit you. Amen. So in this case here, don't let the fear of the unknown grip your heart to the point that you shut down. In fact, <clears throat> uh, uh, any kind of negative circumstances back there causes cautiousness, which we kind of talked about earlier. But get this, fear causes nervous reactions in our decision making. Okay, just, just hang on to that. Fear causes, if you allow any kind of fear in, and we're talking about now the fear of the unknown, but if you allow any kind of fear in, it causes literally nervous reactions about in our decision-making. In other words, it'll cause you to be hesitant when you should be moving forward or to cause you to, to jump the gun 
or uh, you know, be uh, be you know, uh, be hasty about something when you should be just sitting still and 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 laying low a little bit. Amen. So the point I'm trying to make is that fear gets in there and messes the whole process up. God's trying to lead you and guide you and direct you. He's trying to lead Joshua, saying, "Listen, this is what uh, you're called to do." And Paul's trying to lead Timothy, saying, "This is what you're called to do." But you can't let fear in. You let fear in, and it messes up the whole process. But remember, God's not giving you a spirit of fear. He's giving you power and love and a sound mind, praise God. You don't have to yield to fear. And Joshua, you don't have to yield to fear because you just take courage, praise God, and know that I'm always with you, and I'll never leave you nor forsake you, praise God. So anyway, first, the first fear we're talking about is the fear of the unknown. Let's go back to uh, Joshua 1, verse 3 this time. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I've given unto you, as I said to Moses. And so we talked about being assertive. You've got to take the steps. Verse 4, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites to the uh, great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Now, if you remember, we talked about that principle there as far as possessing your land was going to be, you've got to be aware. Because it says here, the Hittites, the land of the Hittites which the land of the Hittites, the word Hittite itself means terror by intimidation. Okay, so in other words, the enemy is always going to come after you, all right, always going to pressure you. Now, here's what the threat is, okay, here's what the fear is. The fear of death is a huge one, okay, because the enemy, when you find it, you know, they got, you got those that are trying to terrorize you, okay. So the threat is the fear can grip your heart about, you know, what's going to happen, you know, with my family? What about, what about my kids? What about, uh, you know, whatever, okay? Am I, am I going to be able to, uh, you know, move on in, in what I want to be, or, or am I going to end up dead through this whole situation? I mean, there's just all kinds of uh, uh, fear like that that can grip a person's heart. In fact, uh, uh, praise God. Let's see where I'm at. Here I am. Uh, the enemy always wants to take us captive through terror and intimidation, Okay take you captive. Now, the reason I said that is because here's our key verse, okay? The key verse for this is out of Hebrews. Let me get to it here. Hebrews chapter 2, please. And it says this in verse 14 and 15. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, okay? All right. And release, here we go. So in other words, Jesus came in to pay the price, came in to take care of the one who... Uh, you know, had the power of death and release those who through, here we go, the fear of death, okay? The fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage, okay? Now, I think it's worthy of bringing this out. The word bondage here refers to liable to slavery or to be enslaved, to be in the service of or to give, or give the lead to. So in other words, anytime terror or fear is there, the enemy, what he's trying to do uh, is trying to take the lead, trying to dictate. That's why I made the statement, the enemy always wants to take us captive, here we go, through terror and intimidation. That's what the fear, the temptation of fear was there with Joshua, was the fact that, yes, all right, you got to move forward, all right, but you have to understand there is an enemy. you got a great promise of all kinds of land out there that's yours, but you have an enemy, and one of those enemies is is the Hittites, okay, that they know how to terrorize people, all right? And what that the whole purpose of terrorism is to terrorize you to be afraid for your life. That's what it's all about. That's why they do it. They think if we can get you terrorized, you'll back up or you'll quit. Okay, now hang on, okay? Because the fear of death 
automatically, now listen, the fear of death automatically keeps us enslaved by the enemy. That's why he said the way he said it there in Hebrews 2, all right, because it automatically keeps you enslaved. That's why you don't want to give place to it, all right? The scripture says this, all right, that in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 8, it says that we're confident in him in, the, in this, that, that to be absent from this body means to be present with the Lord. As a child of God, you have no business being afraid of death, all right? Now, I'm not saying go out there and encourage it or go out there looking for it. I'm just saying, amen, you shouldn't be afraid of death. You should never be afraid of death. See, anytime you, you allow that, in fact, I believe that the fear of death is the granddaddy of fears. It is because, I mean, when you think about everything from being afraid of, of a snake or a spider or elevators or going over a bridge, what, whatever it is that, that per, people sometimes flying, whatever it may be, people have a, a fear of this and a fear of that. It usually comes right down to this. It's about a fear of death, okay? But see, the problem with that is it automatically then keeps you enslaved or keeps you in bondage. So even if God is trying to get that promised land to you into your possession, all right, what happens is that fear can get in the way, mess it up to where you never receive what's rightfully yours, all because you're afraid to move forward because of the fear of death, all right? The scripture also says this in Revelations chapter 12 and verse 11, says that we overcome the enemy, come on now, by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony, which most people all have that, and we all agree with that. But then it says, and loving not our lives even unto death. You think, well, man, what's, what's that all about? Well, what it means is this, that any time the enemy holds over you the fear of death, you ain't overcoming him. But until you settle it, I'm not afraid of death. I know that when to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. I don't have to fear death. So I'm not going to let the enemy hold that over me. I'm not going to let that fear dictate my life and shut me down from receiving my promised land or any other promise, whatever we're talking about. Amen. See, we're talking about a fear of death. We talk about the fear of the unknown. This one here is talking about the fear of death. Now, get this. Fear limits us. Come on now. Fear locks us behind walls of containment. And so anytime the fear of death is right, that's what it's doing. It's, lock, it's enslaving you. It's, it's, it's causing you to come under bondage. It's locking you up behind walls of containment. You can't move forward when you're under fear. Oh, hallelujah. And that's why, now listen, fear needs to be removed, not managed. Because I've heard a lot of talk on that. People say, well, you've got to learn how to manage your fear. You, how do you manage bondage? You don't manage bondage. You get rid of bondage. Okay, so we have to understand that we have to re, re, re get, uh, get fear gone. We have to remove fear, be done with fear. That's why he told Joshua, you know, do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. It's a, he said, have I not commanded you? Be, you know, of good courage. Don't, don't, don't give in to fear. I'm commanding you, don't give in to fear. Don't give in to discouragement. I'm commanding you. All right, so he's, that's what he's saying to him. So if you're going to move forward, you cannot allow yourself to be fearful about your life and what's going to happen about your life or afraid about what's going to happen tomorrow, as we talked about earlier. Let's go to Joshua 1 again, verse 5 now. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Come on now, be strong and of good courage, for to this people... You shall divide as an inheritance the land 
which I swore uh, to their fathers to give them. Now, let's look at the next one here, verse 5 and 6. In fact, let me shift here a little bit. Hallelujah. 5 and 6. All right, now it says here, let no man, right? No man. So it's talking about any, uh, you know, we're referring to probably like enemies out there, but it's talking about any man. But you notice it said, uh, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. So it's not just talking about going in and possessing the land per se. It's talking about beyond. So he's talking about all the days of your life. In other words, no individual, okay, no man, no person, that's what he's talking about here, shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Now get this, and then verse 6, he said, uh, to, for to this people, okay, so he's talking about now your people, the people that are in, you know, your, uh, the children of Israel here. So he, now he's, making, he's being specific, but again, he's talking about people here, okay? Be strong and of good courage, for to this people, you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to, to, to their fathers to give them. Now, why is that so key? Because what it is here now, it's the fear of man, okay? In fact, let's go to Proverbs. Um, go to Proverbs chapter 29. Amen. Let me give you that reference. In verse 25, 29, 25 of Proverbs says, The fear of man brings a snare, a snare which means uh, to be ensnared, a noose, hook, trap, or pitfall. So the fear of man, it's another type of fear, brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe or secure. Literally means uh, lifted up, set on high, certain or secure or strong, okay? Now we know as well as anything that the scriptures are real clear uh, in Psalms 118 and verse 8, it just says it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men, right? So we know that. But you have to understand here, uh, the Scriptures are pretty clear. In fact, let me read you a couple here. Uh, Hebrews 11, or pardon me, Hebrews 13 and 6. Jesus, or, or pardon me, uh, most agree it's probably Paul writing this. But the Lord is my helper. Amen. I will not fear for what can man do to me. Again, it's talking about the fear of man. In other words, I'm going to put my confidence in God, put my trust in God, and not in man, all right? All right, it doesn't say you can't have a relationship and, and have great things and encourage one another, but he's talking about I can't put my confidence, my trust in that. I can't worry about what man thinks, what man's doing. See, that's what he's talking about to Joshua. You can't worry about, you know, what men are doing or what men think or how men are, you know, saying about you. Well, you can't, be, can't do that. You know, even when he talked about to this people, uh, you're going to divide as an inheritance. Now, the reason that fear can grip your heart in these kind of things is because you can be all uh, fearful about what they think. And Because you're talking about dividing land. See, not, not only is he talking about go possess the land, but now you got to go back and you got to divide it all up amongst all the people. Okay, and there's a lot of people. Now, I mean, most, most scholars, I mean, each tribe had hundreds of thousands of people in each tribe. You start adding that up, and you got you know several million people. Come on now, several million people together here. Now they're going in to possess the land, but now we got to go back. We got to divide up this land, and that means there's going to be uh, you know property lines, boundaries, all that kind of stuff. Now I don't know about you, but uh, you know I don't know if you ever had a dispute over a property line or that. I had one one time in a piece of property I had. And uh, there was a dispute, you know, you can't sit this here, you can't park this there, you can't put the fence there. And you, we had to go through this whole deal to, you know, have somebody come out and, and survey it and do all this kind of stuff just to determine where that property line was. 
And that's just two families, just two people, two homes, side by side, and we got us an issue. Now, could you imagine if you got millions of people, you know, and putting all these new property lines in and everything? So he's saying, listen, you can't allow the fear of man in here because you got a job to do. Not only you got to go in and take the land, and not only are you going to have pressure throughout your days, there's going to be people that oppose you, uh, but you also got to, for this people here, you're going to have to take care of some business. And you can't be, you can't be moved by how they, what they think or how uh, they look at you or what they say about you. You got to stick to task. But the fear of man is a temptation. The scripture also says in Deuteronomy 31 and verse 6 says, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor, nor be afraid of them. Talking about people. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes before you and he will not leave you nor forsake you. Okay, they was talking to Moses there, but he's saying you just can't be moved by people. In fact, uh, Jeremiah the prophet, one of the things the Lord said to him, uh, he said, do not be afraid of their faces for I am with you to deliver you. In other words, you got to say what I'm leading you to say, but you can't be moved by how they're all looking at you when you're saying it. If you're going to be moved by what everybody's you know, thinking and how they're looking at you, then you're going to be shut down. You ain't going to fulfill what you need to fulfill, and you sure as heck ain't going to uh, possess your promised land because you're too busy being fearful about what people can do, what they think, what they say. It just isn't worth it, child of God. All right. In fact, First Samuel brings out, you know, talking about uh, King Saul, King Saul lost his kingship over the fear of man. Okay. Because he said, I have sinned. He goes on to say, because I feared the people and I obeyed their voice. Instead of doing what God said, he was more, more concerned about what people were thinking. We can go on and on and on throughout the scriptures and find you example after example of people who are more uh, more, they have more concern and care about what man thinks versus what God thinks, all right? But when God's leading you, and this is what he's telling Joshua, when God's leading you, you can't give in to fear here. You have a task. And listen, it isn't just go possess the land, man. Now, you've got you to divide this land up, make sure the right people get the right land, all that kind of stuff. That's going to be a, that's quite a job. So the opportunity for fear to grip your heart is there. But this one here, we would refer to it as the fear of man. And a lot of times what comes out of that is a thing called insecurity, ooh, which is one of the synonyms of fear, all right? Hallelujah. Now, insecurity opens the door to things like intimidation, usually spurs on self-protection. Uh, uh, you know, it, it keeps us more self-conscious than God-conscious, we can kind of say. Um, uh, you know, then there's a part where sometimes you have to look inward and take heed to things. I get that. But a lot of times when we're more concerned about what everybody thinks about us, we, we get so, you know, kind of, con- you know, more conscious about, you know, how we look, what we're doing, how we're doing it, all that kind of stuff, instead of just moving forward and do what you got to do. All right. But that's what happens with, with fear. See, that insecurity of the fear of man, it's really all that is. Okay. And that grips your heart and then it leads and dictates. All right. Let's move on to the last one for today. In Joshua 1 and verse 7 this time, Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may, here we go, prosper wherever you go, all right? Uh, The word prosper here means to have success here, okay? Be successful at whatever you're doing here. This book of the law, verse 8, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous or profitable, which is one of our keys 
uh, last week. And then you will have, here we go, good success. Okay, there's that word again. Being successful have the desired effect here, okay? Uh, so if you kind of go back and you think about the two principles out of verse 7 and 8, we talked about being uh, resolute, I believe is verse 7. We talked about not turning to the right hand. But I want to bring out a point here. Uh, to be resolute means to be determined, uh, to maintain a fixed purpose of mind. So this is key. And you see in verse 8, one of the things that made you productive is where you, what you think on and meditate on. Okay. So in other words, you got to get the right things coming out your mouth. you got to meditate on the right things day and night, right? And then follow through. Amen. But the point is I want to make is that the head's real key in this one. Okay. So here's the next, uh, uh, the next uh, roadblock, so to speak, as far as fear is concerned is the fear of failure, okay, the fear of failure. It's the fear of not succeeding uh, or the fear of not being successful in our endeavors, okay, the fear of not being, uh, having enough or doing enough or all that kind of, it's the fear of failure, which is huge, okay. Now, jo, uh, pardon me, Romans 8, let me get you that one. Who who to know, right? I'll go to Romans 8 again, right? Romans 8, let's look at this. Amen. In verse 15, it says, For you did not receive a spirit of bondage, there's that word again, a spirit of bondage again to fear, but a spirit, here we go, of adoption by whom we cried, Abba, Father. So what he's talking about, in fact, uh, one of your translations, in fact, I think a couple of them bring this out, but it refers to the fear of never being good enough. Because that's kind of what he's talking about in this text. Because he's talking about being led by God, following God, and priorly he's talking about that if you're going to be successful, You've got it. You got to. You got to set your mind on the things of the spirit if you're going to ever live that out. You got to. If you're going to set your mind on things of the flesh, guess what? That's what you're walking out. That's how you lay out your life, or that's how you conduct your life. So the point is this. Okay, what he's talking about in context here is that you know God's not giving you a spirit of bondage again to fear. In other words, you have what it takes to do this. As God leads and directs you, you can do this. Amen. You just got to lean on God. Amen. But you cannot let fear in. Okay, Fear comes and tries to grip your heart. We never live. Now listen to this. We never live beyond our most predominant thoughts. And if you're going to sit and you're going to meditate on how you can't do it, guess what? You're already limited. See, and that's a fear of failure. Okay, that's all that is. It's another type of fear, a fear about not being enough, not having enough, not being able to do enough, whatever it is, all kinds of ways uh, it disguise, disguises itself. But the bottom line, it's still a fear of failure. Now, I just want to see, this is what the scripture says about you. I can do all things. This is Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, praise God. I can do all things. That's what the word says. I can do this. Uh, there are moments you feel in, you, you feel in yourself you can't, but guess what? You can. You can do this. If God's leading, you can do this. Amen. And that's exactly what he was even telling uh, Joshua. Listen, Joshua, you can do this. You can, you can be productive. You can, you can succeed. You can fulfill this. You can finish this job. Amen. But you cannot, I command you not to let fear in. Right? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. You cannot be dismayed. You cannot let that in. All right, you cannot entertain those kind of thoughts. The scripture also says in Philippians uh, chapter 1 and verse 6 that we can be confident of the very fact that he who has begun a good work in us 
We'll finish that. We'll, we'll bring that to pass, praise God. The point is this, all right? Just because maybe something, uh, you made a mistake or you stumbled or maybe something didn't happen quite right yesterday, I'm telling you what, if you will keep moving forward, you will accomplish what you need to accomplish. And God will fulfill, amen, what He started in your life, praise God. Amen. The fear of failure will always keep us in our current condition. That's just a fact. You won't move forward if you're always afraid you're going to fail. The problem is we don't recognize that by not moving forward, you've already failed. You've already given, given place to failure, all right? The only way you're going to succeed is you've got to move forward. And so the first thing that we dealt with as far as a roadblock in the area of possessing our promised land is the area of fear. Of course, we looked at it in many different ways, amen, the, the fear of the unknown, the fear of uh, death, the fear of uh, failure, and the uh, the fear of man, amen, different fears, different ways that, that fear tries to grip in or, or slide in and grip our heart. And so I'm just trying to bring out out of the life of Joshua where when the enemy, where, pardon, when, when the Lord addressed him about how the enemy can bring in fear and you cannot give place to it, amen, that holds true to you and me. If we're going to possess our promised land, amen, we cannot let fear in. Fear will lock you down and keep you limited. Fear will lock you down behind walls of containment. Fear will always keep you in your current condition. Child of God, don't give place to fear. Hope you got something today. Father, we give praise and glory once again for your word, for these principles today. Thank you, Lord God, for a people that walk free from fear. Father, I thank you and praise you. Praise God. They're a people of faith, a people that move forward and take ground. Hallelujah. Possessing their promised land, taking hold of the life that they're called to. Praise God. And we give you the praise and the glory in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Child of God, I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash victory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Word of Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.